0: After photographing for the past 19 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you will find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh honest take on the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled, podcast friends. So today you will hear a conversation that I have with Tanya Pushkin. She is the owner of The Vow Whisperer. She has such a unique niche market. I've been doing this for 20 years and I've never met somebody like her and what she does. So I really wanted her to come on and share her talent and what she does with you all. She is exactly what her business sounds like. She's a vow whisperer. With that said, she kind of basically helps you write your vows. She helps coach you to get over the fear of public speaking. That has actually then took another turn in her business where she will help not only you, but she'll help your wedding party with their speeches, help them write it, help them... Come up with ways to conquer their fears for public speaking. And then the other part of her business that she does is she helps coach friends and family who have the honor to officiate your wedding. So if you are getting prepared to get married, or if you are actually going to be in a wedding party and be the person that's going to speak or knows someone's going to speak, this is a great episode for you to listen to. We go over a lot. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Tanya. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Tanya. Thank you, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited to have you because you do such a niche market. So I am so excited for our listeners to hear all about what you do. But before we start, can you tell them a little bit about who you are, who you serve, and what you do in your business?
1: I'm Tanya Pushkin. I started a business called The Vow Whisper just a little under three years ago. I am essentially a vow coach. It's one of my titles where I help couples write their vows, but in their own words, I officiate as well. I coach other non-professional officiants, let's say families and friends who want to officiate. And then I also help with speeches and toasts. So you have basically kind of like three parts to your business. Actually, it's a little bit more because the coaching of the officiant um, I would call that also ceremony planning. There are plenty of couples who come to me because they may not necessarily like their officiant or what he, they, they want to have more control of their ceremony. So I do a lot of the planning of the ceremony as well. How did you get into this? Great question. I was, I got remarried three years ago and it was covered by the New York times in one of those full page, vow features and the writer came up to me after the ceremony and she said tanya i've covered hundreds and hundreds of weddings for the new york times and i've never seen a more beautiful ceremony and the next thing out of her mouth was i think you need to do something about this think about it quit your day job do something in the wedding industry this is where you belong and so it was a calling in a way um the following week, I had lunch with one of the guests from the wedding and I said, well, what, would, what do you think if I were to help couples with their vows and maybe, you know, I didn't really. I had no idea what I was talking about. And he said, oh my God, you're the vow whisperer. And I went home and I got the URL and quit my big corporate job about a month later and that was it. And then you created like a whole category in the wedding industry.
0: I did, thank you for saying that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners, because we do have listeners that listen all over in all the 50 states, and actually I, I've been seeing that we have listeners out of the country. So can you work with people out of your area?
1: I am global. In fact, um, the VOW work is remote. It always has been, even pre-pandemic. Uh, I have clients all over the world I also work in other languages. And so the vow work or coaching somebody to officiate, all of that can be done over Zoom. The only thing I can't do is uh, I do I travel to officiate. I just got back from the most epic wedding in Telluride on top of a mountain. It was unbelievable. Oh, wow. So I am really global. I travel and uh, the vow work is remote anyway. So I think what I would love to do for the
0: podcast is I would love to take what you do in parts. So maybe what we could do is talk a little bit about the vow writing portion first, and then we can get into a little bit about your coaching and then your and then being an efficient. So with that, can you explain to our listeners a little bit about the vow portion
1: of your business? Of course. When a couple decides that they want to write their own vows, inevitably it becomes probably for at least one one of the two of them um, a complete nervous breakdown moment because how am I going to pull this off? I don't know where to start. This is crazy. I'm scared to speak in public. I don't, no way. But when they finally do come around and, and want to do this, the way I work, is once I'm hired, I send out a questionnaire and that questionnaire I ask them to sit with for at least a month. If we have the leeway of time, we don't always. That questionnaire is a document that requires you to be so reflective on your memories, your stories, your anecdotes, your moments together, how you met, what was the proposal like? How do you see yourself in the future? what has this person done for you that's made you a better person why do what qualities do you all these questions that are very provoking and the reason I ask people to take about a month with it is because it's a working document that you keep coming back to if today you write down three things that you love about her and tomorrow you're walking down the street and you think of 17,000 more things go back to the document write it down you know so it's it's something it's very much alive and working until you feel that you've really answered the best you can and then it comes back to me I take those answers and this is very important to note I'm not the writer I use the words they have used and I will formulate I will craft formulate structure the vows in a first draft for them and then it's, it's very collaborative. It's back and forth until you know they edit, I edit. I might suggest, um, I might rewrite a little bit even if they allow me to. We get to the final version and then part two happens which is the delivery. The delivery I believe is almost more important than the words themselves because you could write the most gorgeous words ever but if you're flatlining, sounding really monotone, uh, no expression in your, in your voice, no animation, it, you know, people are going to look at their phones and go, when, when is this over? So the delivery is very important. And I also, I coach in how to stand properly, how, to, uh, how not to mumble, how to make eye contact when you're reading off of your vow book that's very important. I coach on, on, you know, the enunciation, projection of voice, how to use a microphone properly. All of that is in the delivery, the, the, the end product. And also what I really cover is that fear of public speaking. And that I, I pretty much get to, I get my couples to a place where that that nervousness is not there the way it was before they have worked through it with me we've practiced so much that they feel so confident that a lot of that nervousness goes away
0: can you go over a little of the common mistakes um, that couples run into when they are doing their vows or some of the biggest
1: challenges there, there are several if they're doing this on their own and they're googling how to write your own vows that's enough to you know put me in, in a mental hospital I mean it just <laughs> that right there is so overwhelming and inundating and where do you start and I have no idea what I'm doing but I think um what I find with my couples it's only happened a couple of times but we've worked through it where they really find that they can't sit down and write. They mm-hmm. just, that it's not coming to them. And it's a complete writer's block. Or it happens more with men where that man is not used to expressing himself. So what I do then, in those few cases, what I do then is actually interview that person and we do it over Zoom and I probe and I probe and I probe until I get answers back. And they might be one word answers sometimes, but at least it's something. Uh, the, those are really the only challenges that I find. People love doing this exercise.
0: Well, that's what I was gonna say. I, I would say that's why we're here. We're here for the vows. I think people forget they get caught up into the pageantry of the wedding, also to the celebration. I mean, we just came out of COVID. I mean, and people just want to celebrate they want to get together they want to they want to feel happy and and everybody there loves the couple but we are there for the vows we're yes. there for that and um, yes. so I, I, I just i was just about to say the same thing kind of what you just said is that I do find that there's a you know you can look at two ways one people just love to talk about it because that's why they're there and they love each other and some people it's just so overwhelming that it's hard to put to words which is why you step in and you're the vow whisperer I you know I have a little story to share Dan and I just uh, photographed a wedding last weekend and as the bride was getting ready, so I've been working with this bride for a couple of years now. She was one of my last few of, like, let's call it, quote, unquote, COVID transfers. Unfortunately, she had to reschedule her wedding twice. So she, I've been part of her life for a couple of years now. I've, and then I did her engagement pictures, obviously, the year before she was playing. So, like, three years I've known her. She is so cool, calm, collected, just the sweetest, like, soul to be around. She's been easy to be around and work with. While she was getting ready, I, 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 I literally had to take a step back at my job. And normally I, I don't, because that's a, a big time when I love photographing because it's such a powerful moment of the bride getting ready with her mom or her sisters. And I had to t- take a step back and just kind of, I, I actually stopped photographing for a second just to kind of take the attention off. She had such anxiety and such angst in her. Like it was just, <laughs> it was a lot. And, you know, I just, it was, I could just tell. A lot a lot was going on in her mind, just a lot. Anyway, without going into more detail, I later found out the mother of the bride walked up to me, just thanked me for the day, thanked me for everything I was doing. It was like in the middle of their cocktail hour and just said, you know, earlier today, my daughter was really nervous because she didn't write her vows. So all mm. of that that I saw when she oh, was wow. getting ready was her nerves because here she is on her wedding day it's three years of the planning, and she still was not able to write her vows. She obviously had that blockage that you were talking about. Just now, she did it. They were beautiful. She read their own vows, but maybe she had to go under pressure, or maybe it was just time. Like she just had to do it. But regardless, hmm. it took effect on her wedding day.
1: That moment, right? You know. Yeah, it shouldn't. Uh... Um, had she not written them at all and just scribbled something on a napkin? I, you know, I don't know the story.
0: I just, as soon as the mom came up to me and just kind of thanked me and just told me that she didn't write the vows, I actually just, you know, I thought to myself, well, it's funny, I'm going to have a podcast about it. In my mind, I was thinking, I'm going to have yeah. a full podcast about this. Um, I just, I didn't ask details. I just, you know, I just, it's, un- it just kind of came back to what you're talking about. I think for some couples, it's harder they put all that emotion into their vows. And obviously I, I would assume length matters. Like, you know, I mean, look, nothing is right or wrong what you do with your own vows, but obviously if you're, I'm, I'm assuming you want, you don't want one person to have a quick one-liner and then one person right. to have like an essay,
1: you know? Well, that's why when, when a couple hires me, um, I speak to them together, that's the only time that we will discuss the vows together. I make them promise to not discuss anything at all amongst each, each other because it's got to be top secret. And, you know, it, the whole process is, is such a personal, such a, uh, a deep, in, uh, intensive journey through your life with this partner and to be able to write it down, oh yeah, sometimes it's not that easy. It's true. So what I would love to do,
0: before we kind of get into the other portion of your business, which is helping, obviously, um, some friends and family write speeches, I think you talked about too, so we could talk about that. But before we get into that, you talked a little bit about public speaking. Um, I would love to know, how do you help, People in general, whether it be their vows or what we're about to talk about with friends and family and speeches and toasts or the officiant, how do you help people with that?
1: It's one word, it's called practice. I promise you that the more you practice, whether it's a speech, whether it's your vows, whether whatever it is, the more a PowerPoint presentation for a marketing, thing, you know, corporate thing, whatever it may be. It's practicing, practicing and breathing. You got to breathe. I love it. The more people practice and and that's with me, I mean, we we practice a lot, but then I have them practice on their own and they, I always say, it's got to be out loud. That's the only way to practice is out loud for, you know, that's for any public speaking situation, always have to listen to yourself. And it's great to do it in front of a mirror. That really helps as well. But the public speaking, the the fear of it. Um, I think I think in working with me, people just. I'm a very relaxed person, and I get them to relax a lot. And I think perhaps it's my it's just my demeanor that calms people down, and gets them to feel like okay, I think I can do this. And I'm assuming too the fact that you
0: have a process and you take people through this with you, that right there probably eases them because it's not just that they put their thoughts on paper and they rehearsed it. There's a a whole process, so I'm sure that that helps them with the public speaking too. Absolutely. Which I would love to talk a little bit about the portion of your business that you do with helping the wedding party with their toast and their speeches. But before you do, I would just love to give our listeners one little tip. It's just coming from me over here. Being a photographer that deals with the visuals, there's something to be said about the old-fashioned way of a piece of paper. Paper's timeless. It's been here forever. I've been seeing a trend where people are reading off of iPads, iPhones, that really dates your imagery. So please, you know, Tanya talked about a little booklet. There's booklets out there that you can buy now. And if you don't want to go that far, just a plain old note card or piece of paper. That's my best piece of advice. Um, it's, it's cringeworthy for me. And I'm so sorry if there's listeners out there that you have been one of those people that you spoke reading off of a phone. But I'm sure now that I bring this up, you can see visuals and you can see why. It just dates the imagery. But with that said, can you talk to us a little bit about helping the wedding party with their toasts and speeches?
1: Of course uh toast and speeches are inevitably the one thing that you always hear when when someone's been to a wedding they'll say oh my god the speeches just went on and on and on and on and that is right there that is you know a killer to to the reception i think that speeches should not be more than three or four minutes long max No, TMI, this is not a roasting session. Uh, This is not bringing up, you know, 20,000 stories about, you know, your little girl wearing the ballet tutu. And, you know, it, it really has to be thought out. And when I work with with someone on a speech, we really narrow it down to a theme. So it it becomes it becomes concise. It has everything you want to say in it. And it's it's short and sweet. And whether it's the maid of honor, whether it's the father of the bride, everybody's talking about something different. I tend to, again, I am not the writer, but I will get this person to start to put pen to paper, you know, a brain dump of ideas of what they'd like to talk about. And then we narrow it down together. And then they start to write and we, and I go back into the, what I do with the vows is I edit and I suggest and we practice and it's a much shorter process than with the vows, though.
0: Can you go over before we, I figured what we'll do is we'll take a break and then when we come back, we'll get into the efficient portion of your business, you and also helping friends and family, but before we do, can you get into a little bit about pricing? Uh, I mean, overall, about the vow and the writing portion of your business?
1: Everything I do, my entire business is a tiny blip on a wedding budget. It is nothing, but what happens is that so often, thinking about your ceremony, your vows, your speeches, whatever it is, is last minute, and that's the problem. Because not only is it last minute and you don't really have the time to put into it but you've run out of money and you know there is no money left and so and i i really do believe the ceremony should be a priority to be one of the first things you think about hire your efficient or your rabbi your cantor whoever you're going to hire if you're going to do vows think about it then think about it much earlier on the pricing is i'm not going to name numbers i will simply say it's extremely low compared to a flower budget, a photographer's budget, venue, caterer, all of that. It's m- minuscule. Perfect. Well, what we'll do is we'll take a
0: quick break, and then when we get back, we'll talk about the other side of your business, which is the efficient, and also to helping friends and family do that role. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarazarella.com. And don't forget you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now let's get back to the episode. Well, welcome back podcast friends. And right before the break, Tanya, we talked a little bit about your business with helping people write, whether that be your vows or speeches or toast. I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about the other portion of your business, which is being an efficient. So can you talk to me a little bit about your approach with this? Absolutely.
1: I became an officiant um, not when I started the business, but it, it came out of some of the couples I was working with had not yet hired an officiant. And working with me, they said, Well, could you marry us? And I thought, Hey, why not? So that's how I became one. I approach it very differently than other officiants. I'm not saying in a better or worse way, or, you know, everybody's got their system and that's fine. But I do believe that a couple should be, <coughs> excuse me, in complete control of what is done in, their, in those 30 minutes of the ceremony. And I am not an officiant who will craft a ceremony and hand it to the couple a week before and say, see you next Saturday. That's not me. It's, uh, as with the vows, it's extremely collaborative. And we really explore so many different avenues of what could be included in a ceremony and I will give them choices for every element of the ceremony that there is, how to exchange rings. There are 10,000 ways of exchanging rings, how to talk about marriage, how to um, do the declaration of intent, which is will you, Sarah, take Joe to be your... There are a million ways of doing that. So I give them choices and they, it makes them empowered to create their own ceremony. I also um, will do a lot of research if I've got, I I love multicultural weddings. And, you know, when there are a lot of cultures and traditions involved, um, it's, I love doing the research. I, I love finding ways of incorporating into a ceremony. And so it's just, it's highly, highly, highly personalized. If I have worked on the vows with that couple, I will tell you that it's the perfect scenario because they are not getting married by a stranger; they are getting married by somebody who knows them so well, having worked on the vows with them. So it's it's uh, that that to me is the perfect scenario.
0: I also love the fact that you offer the service to help friends and family officiant their wedding. Can you walk us through that process? And also, too, I'm curious, does the couple pay for the service or does the officiant usually pay for it?
1: Ah, really good question. How couples find me uh, to help their friend or their family member, I'm not quite sure. But it's usually the couple that will pay for it. Because they want to make absolutely sure that this is going to get done right. Um, You know, when you ask uncle Johnny or best friend, Mary or whoever it is to officiate, I think couples don't realize that that is a massive ask that person has never written a ceremony before they've never performed the ceremony before they have no idea what they're doing. So, In this particular case, what I will do is it's twofold. I do the exact same thing as if I was officiating. I craft the ceremony with a couple that takes all of it off of this poor person's shoulders. They don't have to Google how to write a ceremony. They don't have to worry about it. It's all getting done for them. So I do that with a couple. What I do do with this friend or family who's officiating, there's several things. One is logistics, but before we get to the logistics, the opening part of a ceremony by a friend or a family member is a welcoming, of course. And then why why is this person standing up here? Well, I've known Edith since she was three years old. We went to kindergarten together. And then when I met Tom 30 years later, And it's like a three to four minute story and how you see the couple, how you've seen them evolve. Why do you think that they're so great for each other? Whatever that story is. So I help that person write that that piece of it. And then the logistics, which is super important. And you as a photographer will know this better than anybody. You've got to move out of the frame of the photographer for the vows and for the kiss get out of there or if there's somebody coming up to read a a reading or a poem get out of the frame move but it's a lot of logistics of you know how to do the processional when when do you say please rise for the bride when do you say please be seated how do you get ordained um first of all the the person has got to be comfortable speaking in public that couple should not be choosing somebody who is scared forget that then so there's no fear of public speaking in this situation um so it's a lot of the logistics of you know if when it's her turn to do her vows you take her her vow book out of your binder I explain everything what kind of a binder hole puncher I mean all of those things that that person would never know so you hand her her vow book, you turn the microphone towards her when she's, and then you step out of the frame. So it's, it's, it's all of the, how to run a ceremony like a pro. And my, the best compliment I get is after the wedding, when that friend or family is, is told, would you, you know, you need to quit your day job, or could you marry us too? I mean, so that's when I know I've done a good job.
0: I love it because you know what, there's so many pros, about having your friend officiate your own wedding because there's such a personal connection. Like, that already out of the gate is, um, you know, you're one step ahead in the game. But obviously, there is some common mistakes that people can make. You mentioned a few getting out of the, you know, the images. Um, you know, we also, too, as photographers, you know, we, we see so many people don't t- ask the guests to sit down. Like, there's a lot of little formalities that people forget. So I think that's great that you help them you know, yes, they can write their their own personal message, but you just kind of help them polish it a little bit more because it is a ceremony.
1: And I practice. We practice the ceremony as if it's for real. Um, we really practice, you know, and I do it as much or as little as they want. I've had some who are so comfortable speaking in public, doing the, you know, they, they need me for one or two practice sessions. And then I've had others who, you know, can we do this again tomorrow? And 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 the day after, and they like they really want to be completely buttoned up. Do you find that the
0: friend or family who's the officiant welcomes your services
1: in all cases except for one? They're so incredibly relieved. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. It's a massive relief. I'm not asking the questions like I do on the Val questionnaire, for example. But we do narrow it down. We, we brainstorm together a theme or two, as you know, and and then use it's. They're writing it. I. It has to be in their own words. Again, it's. I'm not the writer. It's important for them to, to do the writing.
0: Yeah, I mean that's really nice because I. You know, one of the bonuses of having a friend officiate your wedding is the personal connection. So it's nice that you are. You don't write it for them because you don't have that connection that they have. That's the reason why they're there, but you help them and you guide them and you bring it out. And I think it's such a great tip that you just gave that it is important for, for people who are there to understand why that person's up there and what the connection is.
1: Exactly, can very you, important.
0: Can you kind of go over a little bit with us about you know some of the pros and the cons of having the family member officiate
1: your wedding? personal connection is a huge one um and i always get confirmation of that when we're working on on someone's story and that's a beautiful thing that's wonderful um you're not getting married by a stranger you're getting married by somebody who knows you really well i will tell you though when i officiate A wedding where i've worked on the vows with that couple that's the perfect scenario because they're not getting married by a stranger i i get to know them better than their own therapists do i mean they i'm a friend by the time i'm standing there i know every little tiny intricate detail about their relationship so they're not getting married by a stranger but for the most part they are they're hiring an officiant who is a stranger, you will have met them the first time. I mean, you've met them on Zoom, but for the first time at the wedding. Let's talk about the cons. Uh, I think the cons is somebody who is terrified of speaking in public, um, does not know how to write a ceremony, does not know how to do the logistics properly, hasn't done the, the right research. The whole thing can go south and it can be really, really boring. It can be boring if that person is un- uncomfortable, hasn't practiced, hasn't written a good ceremony. I think the couple needs to really be involved in the crafting of that ceremony and not let that person just go rogue.
0: <laughs> yeah, and also too, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I don't think, I think it's such a sweet, such a sweet gesture and, and, and reason for them to be there, but I don't think that people realize, like you said, there, there is... Inexperiencedness that comes with it, so um, that unfortunately affects other categories of your wedding, and one of them I can speak on a personal experience is your photography. I went over reasons whether it be reading off of a cell phone, not telling people to sit down, not telling people to mute their cell phones when during the ceremony. Also, too, like you said, your imagery—you all of a sudden have this person in your first kiss; they don't know to move. Like there's just so many little things that are very important when it comes to the ceremony. The idea of having your friend be there is great, but there's also some stuff that you really have to understand that needs to take place to, to not create a domino effect basically for the for the photographer. Oh, it affects of your
1: stuff. everyone ex- especially you the photographer. Oh, yeah. yeah. What do you find
0: is some common mistakes that a, a friend or officiant will make when
1: per, you know performing a wedding? it's exactly like you said before you know if they don't know to tell people to please rise or please sit or move out of the frame of the photo you know those are the mistakes that you know it just um they don't know and you know the, it, it becomes awkward um, if they're unprepared it just but the logistics are so key
0: and also too um a lot of times you know, it, another thing just to give you people who are listening a tip is, you know, a lot of times the officiant make sure that the couples aren't chewing gum, you know? So yeah, oh. you want fresh breath. That's great. Pop mint Don't chew the gum. You know, it's, there's just these little things oh that maybe God. a friend forgets to tell right? Um, the couples too or, or, or tell the guests to sit down. With that said, though, can you explain a little bit about your approach before we kind of get into the wrap up question? I would love to talk about your approach of being an officiant.
1: My approach I think is is also different than most officiants. I believe that a ceremony has to be back to my words a while ago about, for me, the goal is for guests to walk away saying that was so them. And the way that is created or crafted is in conjunction with a couple. I I believe they need to be 100% in control of their ceremony. So I involve them. It's very much a collaborative uh, scenario. It's not like I go away and I write their ceremony and a week before I hand it to them and say, see you Saturday. I do not work that way. It's very much a back and forth. I will give them a million. I don't inundate them. But once I get to know them a little bit, I will give them... Choices for every single element of that ceremony, everything from the way you exchange your rings to the way you declare your intention to each other will you Max take Mary to be your lawfully wedded blah, 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 there are a million ways of saying that. You know, unplugged ceremony language, how would you like me to tell your guests, or how would you like Uncle Johnny to tell your guests to switch their phones off. There's language, different language for that. You choose. You pick. How do you want to be presented at the end? Mr. and Mrs. Or you may kiss the bride. May I present? You know, How do you want to be presented? How do you want me to talk about marriage? What do you really... You, you choose something. Choose your own readings and poems. So it's very much about choices. I want that couple to be completely in control of what they're about to hear except for their vows and except for if uncle johnny's doing it his story everything else i think they need to know and be part of part of the process
0: all right so the wrap-up question so with that said tanya can you kind of go over what some key points that couples should be thinking about when they're writing their own vows to make sure that their wedding day is going to be absolutely
1: perfect. Of course. I think if you're writing your own vows, keep it top secret, but have a discussion before you start writing and get on the same page, get on the same page about tone, about the number of words you're going to use, about how long you want your vows to be. And I highly recommend having a friend or a family member review your vows, each of your vows together to make sure that the tone, the vibe, the the feeling is on the same page. I want to
0: thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to their journey of a stress-free
1: wedding planning. Can you tell everybody where they could find you? The Vow Whisperer, www.thevowwhisperer.com. My email is Tanya at The Vow Whisperer, and my Instagram handle is The Vow Whisperer.
0: And then also, too, what I'll do for our listeners is that we will have Tanya's information on our episode show notes, which you can find on our blog and our website at Zarella.com backslash podcast well tanya i want to thank you so much for joining me
1: it's been my pleasure and actually really a lot of fun to talk about what i do yay (laughs) thank you
0: for listening to wedding
1: secrets unveiled i appreciate you being
0: here and hey if you enjoy this episode i want to tell you something i encourage you to check out our website at sarazarella.com. we love photographing while having fun of course Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, We have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.